What's up, everybody? This is Ryan from the Apex F1 podcast. We have a special episode for you today. We have the Spanish Grand Prix review, and we've also got some things to talk about from various things that happened over the race weekend. Also, we are doing our giveaway, which more details will be about that. Grab your gloves, strap on your helmet, because you're about to turn on to the Apex. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Spanish Grand Prix race review episode. The whole weekend all in one episode. My name is Ryan. And I'm Josh. And we are two Formula One count strategists who know absolutely nothing about Formula One, but we like to give you honest and divided opinions on what we do and what we think of these races. Josh, this was a pretty dominating race uh, from Red Bull, to say the least. Boy, was it ever. I was just astonished. I kind of wanted to shut it off. But if you're a Red Bulls fan or a Max Verstappen fan, then you were absolutely happy. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I I 100% think like, you know, uh, Max Verstappen fans or even uh, just Red Bull fans in general, like you guys have an absolutely great car. I think there's a lot of stuff that's that could be uh, up with it and a little shady. But I definitely think that it is, uh, you know, a great car all around. Uh, You guys, I have to say, uh, there is a lot of good stuff about that car. But anyways, we'll get into that uh, shortly. Josh, why don't we tell everybody about the giveaway? Yeah, so what we're going to do is going to be doing a giveaway for the new F1 2023 game for the system of your choice. And Ryan, if you want to tell them how to enter. Yeah, so uh, all you got to do is just go to our Instagram page, like and tag three of your friends on our post and then all of those entries will go ahead and get pulled into our you know our little calculator thing that we're able to go ahead and randomly pull someone from from that post and not only that but we're going to be doing that uh you get extra entries for the uh secret word now the secret word will also be put in at a random point in this this podcast and you're going to need to listen very, very closely for it because it will not be obvious. So be sure to keep listening throughout the episode. And whenever you hear the secret word, which we will announce it, you can go ahead and go to the link in our bio and we will, there's a link in the, in the description over there and you can go ahead and fill out the Google form that's in there. And that entry will go ahead and get you pulled in for an extra entry. Uh, when we go to draw the winner on 618, be sure to go ahead, like, and All the rest of the instructions are on the post. Go check out the post, share it with everybody that you know, and let's see if we can get them all entered into. Uh, But other than that, why don't we go ahead and dive into the race weekend? So we have uh, quite a few things to talk about on this race weekend. So we'll go ahead and start with qualifying. Josh, we saw a couple of interesting things. You know, we saw uh, Ferrari have a a tough time in, uh, well, it was mainly Charles Chuck Leclerc in Q1. He got eliminated in q1 uh so he ended up being 19th on the grid plus there was also an early red flag that we saw due to uh just a whole bunch of rain uh well it wasn't really rain but it was more like a a lot of drivers were getting stuck in a puddle and spinning out so for the safety of the drivers they ended up waiting to put some gravel off of the track and put it back into the, the gravel trap and then there was also you know everyone was you know spinning off in this one section I believe it was uh, turn nine and ten. It was just so. absolutely terrible. Yeah, it was just like super damp and just in that one spot. And I don't. It was just a weird situation. There's so many people. Like Alonzo went off. Uh, DeFreeze 
spun twice. Yeah, twice. He spun yeah. twice. And it was just going off. And Yuki. I'm surprised that uh, Charles Lacrash didn't do it. <laughs> Charles Lacrash. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a little bit of a, of a surprise to just kind of see like th- that many drivers struggling with that section there. But, you know, that's, you know, for the safety of the of the drivers and stuff, they ended up, uh, you know, clearing all that stuff out. And it, it got better over time as it dried out uh, and the racing line appeared more pr- uh, presently on the track. Definitely interesting to see. We, we went into Q2 uh, with some interesting people topping up the top, top of the timesheets. Yeah, yes. we, had, uh, we had Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Um, and we also had uh, Akon reaching the top five, I believe it was at one point. Wow, there was there was quite a few people who made it up to the top, and it was you know ultimately Red Bull ended up edging out uh, everybody else on the grid. But that was just basically uh, one of the things that <clears throat> that was very prominent during the Q2 is that uh, a lot of like the midfield teams uh, started getting up towards the top. Norris was one of them, which was good because we we were all expecting you know McLaren to show a bit of pace. After being on street tracks for like the past, you know, six races. Well, you and you said Red Bull topped the edge. It was actually just Verstappen because uh, Perez went out in Q2. Yes, Perez so, was the one who went out in Q2. That was another thing that was surprising. He was yeah. uh, 11th, right? He ended up being 11th? Was it? Yeah, I think it was 11th. You're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, tough luck for Sergio this weekend. You know, this was this was a, a, a race I was really hoping to see he would perform well on. But, you know, he's better at street tracks. He tends to fare better in the top, you know, three for street tracks than he does on uh, regular tracks. But yeah, we saw we saw a lot of good stuff from the midfield section from Q2. Uh, Q1 was also very interesting because we saw Norris top the front row with Max Verstappen because Max obviously got pole. His uh, his time was was really good. It was a one twelve two seventy two, and that was that was pretty quick that we saw. And uh, I was really hoping to see uh, Lewis or even Russell uh, on on the front row, but you know, only time will tell. I think time has already told. Uh, Red Bull is just really quick, or Max is really quick. I mean, Perez still stays with everybody. For, yeah, he knows for how to put up bit. the fights. Yeah, but he he doesn't pull away like Max does. I don't know what Max is doing or what the what's different about his car. Something's going on. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it. You know, I just I think uh, I think Sergio's losing his his rhythm a little bit. But you know, it's yeah. only one race. It's only one race, so we can't really tell. Um, right. And another right, thing, we, yeah, go I want to point out is uh, Lance Stroll stepped it up for qualifying. He oh, uh, ended yeah. up P six, which was amazing. So that's. A huge step from last weekend, and Pierre Gasly getting P four, and yeah, it was and big old Hulkenberg couldn't hold that pole, but he still got uh, P eight. So yeah, uh, the only problem with um, Gasly getting that P four though was that he ended up getting the two three place grid penalties or a six place yeah. grid penalty because of the the whole um, incident. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I just think um, I think Red Bull just has a really really top contender car uh this year and it is going to be really hard um we'll get into the race uh review here shortly but red bull just seem unbeatable right now at this point hopefully we can see either mercedes or aston martin bring it to them whether that's after the mid the midpoint of the season because i believe we go to the summer break here in just over a month we go to the summer break after Belgium. And I'm, I'm really hoping that when we do get to that point, 
that there will be a, a very good line of uh, difference between the cars. We'll see. It is time for the race discussion. Uh, Josh, let's let's do a deep dive into this Grand Prix. So we had a lot of good starts uh, from, you know, as soon as the, the lights went out, uh, we saw a lot of the, the drivers got a really great start. You know, we saw, you know, Norris and Hamilton get good, uh, good starts. And well, at least until they collided. Um, and then, you know, we saw Charles and Charles and Sergeant started in the pits. So go figure. Um, but that was because uh, the reason why Charles started in the pits, because he was already starting in the back row anyways. And he had, they, apparently the team had done lots of work to his car. They basically rebuilt the whole back end and ended up putting a lot more power into it, um, supposedly. We didn't really know too much of the details, uh, only based off of what we saw from F1 Twitter and uh, what we heard on the race, you know, from Crofty or, you know, Alex Jakes, whichever news or feed you listen to when we watch i prefer the crofty feed because i'm just familiar with it uh alex alex jakes and julian palmer and uh david colthard they're they're all great to listen to but i you know i just grew up listening to crofty so that's why i i'm more familiar with it but we also saw you know a few things let's dive into the whole norris and hamilton collision which josh i believe uh this is your blame game yeah this is my blame game but i can talk about it right now uh so basically what i mean it was a great weekend for norris and it all just went out the window at the very first corner or at least like right there the first 10 seconds of the race i'm not sure what what was going on in front of hamilton but i think signs let up so that led to hamilton letting up and norris just didn't see it coming so it was like a train reaction and he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time very early on and just Hamilton came down and clipped Norris right on the, the front wing, took him out of the race basically because they had the pit right after there to repair it. And it was just so unfortunate for McLaren and Norris especially. It's heartbreaking to watch because we were all so excited to see him be up there, you know, just some just a new face during the season to be able to be starting up there in P3. It didn't, it only lasted a few, few seconds. If we take a, a, a little bit of a closer look into that, that collision, it just kind of seems like, you know, uh, Norris and Hamilton, you know, that whole incident that happened, it, it just kind of seemed like Norris uh, got a little bit uh, too angsty and he kind of like put, he kind of put his foot into it. Uh, but he, he ended up turning a little bit wide into Hamilton. And that's why, you know, Hamilton uh, basically broke off Norris's front wing plate and ended up ultimately destroying his, uh, his wing. And, you know, that ended up costing him basically like the whole entire race. He could not recover at all. Is was really shocking to me was after the race during his interview, they, they asked him like what was wrong and he goes, oh, I didn't like that wasn't my fault or anything. And I don't really necessarily think it was. It was just like a racing incident. But he said, this is exactly what we expected the race to be down there in like P17 or whatever he finished. And it was just like, well, yeah, if you're going to think like that, of course, your race weekend's going to go horrible. So I don't I don't understand why they expected it to be that way, especially when he was able to qualify so good. You know, I was really hoping to see him, you know, take it into, uh, you know, because Carlos ended up passing uh, Norris on that first turn. But um i was really hoping i would see norris just absolutely give a dive bomb to uh max when they made that first right hander into turn one and 
I was just like, dude, don't get, don't let off. Let him, let him have it. Like, let's, let's see you pass him and just take the race. But according to, to what you just said, like, it just seemed like, you know, he just kind of gave up after that first pit stop. Well, it's hard to be aggressive in a spot you're not familiar with. Yeah, correct. So, of course, it's like new to him this season to be up front like that. So I think it was maybe nerves and angst, like you said, more than anything, like just the pressure of being being there in the moment. You know, I, I just really hope that, you know, he can get, shake off that that funk because he, you know, he's at tracks that he's familiar with and he, he has had good luck. And at least like bringing home, a, a, you know, at least working to bring home a podium at these places. But it, it definitely shook him up the whole race. Like even that interview, he was shooken up about it. Like, I think he's going to have to take this week and just reflect. Kind of, uh, yeah. Reflect on what he did wrong and what he did right, especially what he did right, because he did a lot of good this. Weekend. Oh, yeah. He just needs to get the negativity out of his mm-hmm. head. Because at this point right now that the race is over, if it affects you next weekend, it's all. Mm-hmm. mental. But if it's not going to affect you, then it's more of just a. Uh, Okay, it was something that actually happened, and it was probably, you know, it wasn't something that was uh, his fault. Yeah, so, you know, hopefully Norris... Bumpin's racing. Yeah, bumpin' his racing. Gotta shake mm-hmm. it off. Rubbin' his racing. You know, we got, we got a lot more races to go through for the rest of the year, so we have uh, quite a few left to go. I'll also uh, talk about my blame game, because this ties into the Grand Prix discussion that we have, and but it's it's basically Yuki Tsunoda and Joe Gwen Yu incident. So we saw in lap 56, you know, there was a, a point where Joe and Yuki were just absolutely going head-to-head for ninth place, and uh, Joe had caught up to Yuki uh, just before turn one, and he was following Yuki throughout long right-hander of turn one, and basically it looked like Joe was going to go through and make the pass on the outside of Yuki but he ended up backing out of it once he saw maybe it was a peripheral vision thing. Uh, so my blame game for that uh, was that it was basically Joe's fault for ultimately backing out of it um, because Yuki went on to get a, uh, you know, a five second time penalty, which brought his race down from uh, ninth place all the way into 12th. And, you know, I don't think that was a fair penalty because when you look at the the replay on it, you know, you could see it from multiple angles. You see it from the the track cam you could see it from the the race cam in both both cars and to me it just it, it didn't seem like it was a valid a valid penalty for that it just seemed a little too harsh you know i mean ultimately after the post race interview and they were talking to him about it he just he looked really shaken up about it he was like i don't get it you know i gave my all you know and i just don't i'm paraphrasing his his uh interview by the way but it's basically he was just pretty down and distraught about it you know it was almost similar to the uh the Carlos Sainz penalty that got in uh, Australia and it just really bummed him out. And I think that was Joe's fault for um, not being confident enough to go through with, he could have done it. He could have done it. But then, you know, there's also the other side of the argument. Well, maybe Yuki didn't give him, give him enough room. I'm, I'm more on the side of that. uh, Joe didn't, he had enough room, but he didn't, he didn't um, commit to it to, to make that uh, overtake on Yuki. Well, it just comes down to like those split decisions in a in a race scenario, and if you don't have that that experience, then it, you're you're gonna not necessarily fail, but it's just like it's gonna take some time to be able to do stuff like that, you know? Right. And right. So it, it like it comes back down to Norris's incident, really, because he was in a spot where he wasn't like familiar with this season, and maybe uh, this is one of the most this is this race 
was the most overtakes of the season, I believe. And of course, because it's not a, a street circuit. And so everybody was just kind of running in places that they don't normally, they're not normally put, you know? Yeah. You know, I was glad to see Norris up there. Um, I just, you know, felt bad because he, his, his whole race got ended, you know, in literally just a matter of two, two, three corners, you know, but you know, like you said, that's racing, you know, things happen. Positive input of the race. Mercedes looked amazing with their new yes, upgrades. Yes, 100%. So happy to see that. Like, Hamilton looked great out there. Russell was even chipper on the radio, like, just joke jabs <laughs> back at the at the team, and it was just, it was so good to see. Like, I enjoyed that. They looked great. The cars looked fast. Like, I, I'm excited to see what they can do in Canada. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, because Canada is one of my favorite tracks. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in Montreal. Um, I, I, I basically want to follow up on that point of, you know, I was, I was excited to see Mercedes back in the fight. You know, I'm not a Mercedes fan, hundred percent. Like, you know, I'm not like a diehard fan, but I love Lewis and, and George's, you know, tenacity to want to be able to fight at the front. <laughs> and then obviously there was that whole meme that went around in, in literally just a matter of, of, uh, five laps, five or six laps where he was basically, you know, George got on the radio and was like, Hey, there's, there's rain in turn five. <laughs> And, um, and, uh, basically, you know, everyone was like, what? Like he basically rickrolled the entire paddock and because yeah, he, he, he got on the radio, was everyone was like, uh, you know, we saw even the TV direction cut to Red Bull and you see Christian Horner sticking his hand out and he's like, really? Like, there's not like checking for rain and they're not, there's really nothing going on with that. And so they even went to the radar. Yeah. They, they cut to the radar and they're showing that. And, and I'm like, huh. And I even was starting to believe it. And then I was like, no, there's no way. And sure enough, uh, he came back like a couple laps later and he goes, well, you know what? It might've been in the sweat from uh, on my visor and I just about lost it. And I, I ended up tweeting out. I was like, box, box for sweats, box for sweats, <laughs> sweat tires, because, you know, it was just funny. I was like, this is, this is just pure George just absolutely getting ahead of himself and just thinking, you know, cause I mean, you're in a race. What are you going to expect? Well, yeah, he's competitive and it just shows like his competitiveness in a, in a silly way. Cause he's super focused, right? Mm -hmm. And he has his sweat, he's sweating, he's focused and he's like, man, where's this water coming from? It's raining. Oh my gosh. It's on my visor. Like, I can't like, see <laughs> another point to that later on. He made that, uh, overtake on gosh, I can't even remember who it was. But he had this amazing overtake on the first corner on the outside. His radio came over and was all like, solid work. And he goes, just solid? And it made me <laughs> chuckle a little bit. And I was like, yeah, that's he's having a good time out there. Oh, God, what was his name? I know. I'm, hold on, let me see if I can try to find that real quick. Was it, I, was it Stroll? I, you know what? I think it was Stroll. It was either Stroll or Alonzo. It might have been Alonzo. Speaking of, uh, Aston Martin, I love, love, love the teamwork that they've put on this year. Towards the end of the race, when it was Stroll being P6 and Alonzo P7, Alonzo decided to hang back and kind of like block for Stroll so that they could finish the best points that they could and not ruin their cars and their tires and stuff. And I think that's just admirable as, as a team to just know what to do because the team wasn't like hey don't push or whatever he came on the radio and was like i'm not gonna push stroll i'm not gonna fight with him i know i'm i'm pushing faster i know i have the better tires but the car ahead of him is way further ahead than i could reach by the time the race ends so i'm just gonna hang back it's gonna be the same points for the team anyway and uh they brought it home p6 and p7 mm -hmm. 
yeah, you know, P6, P7 was good. You know, they finished both in the points, which was a good result for them. Uh, Mercedes overtook them, though, in the constructor, so I was a little bummed about that. But I'm glad to see that they're, you know, they're up there trying to fight Red Bull. Speaking of Aston Martin, I did want to mention a point, you know, that uh, lap on lap 51 when uh, both Akon and, and Alonzo both were going at it and Akon made a move when Alonzo was passing him and uh, it looked like he was literally pushing him off the track. And that was I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's not good. That was quite the overtake right there. That was that was a good that one. was a good racing mm-hmm. right there. I loved it. Yeah, and, and especially how he kept his foot in it, and he just did not let up uh, when uh, Arkan like tried to push him out. And, and that was Alonso when he goes for it, he goes. Yeah, he even I think he even uh, overtook uh, when he overtook Guan Yu Zhou. Um, he, uh, he he did a really close uh, close call for uh, an overtake because I was like, dang, that is really close. To the front of his wing uh when he pulled back yeah, there was in a lot of good overtake in in that first turn yeah for sure yeah we saw a lot of great overtakes there was uh like you said the most overtakes so far this season so that's you know in this this race alone so that was good but you know piastri was looking pretty good uh for mclaren uh didn't end up making it you know into basically the points but you know it was still good enough for him uh to be to be a solid p13 you know we saw hulkenberg in p15 you know obviously sadly my boy logan Sargent p20 you know it's okay yeah that's an average we'll finish get there. That's, an, <laughs> that's an average finish right now uh but hopefully you know they can get better i did want to before we go into um a couple more points of the race, uh, I did want to talk about the uh, podium predictions. So on the episode that never aired, uh, because I I completely forgot to upload it and send it to you, Josh. So that was my fault. I basically for my podium because it was me, Willem, and Izzy were both on the or we're all in the podcast talking, and we were doing a, a Spanish GP prediction uh, podcast. And basically, you know, I me and Willem both chose the same podium predictions without even knowing about it. But I said Max. Alonzo and Checo, uh, and Willem both chose this. Me and Willem both chose the same thing. Izzy's was Alonzo, Max, and Checo. So uh, that was the podium prediction. So she got uh, none of them right, but she did get the top surprise of the weekend, which was Mercedes. And um, I picked McLaren as the top surprise, and Willem picked Aston Martin. So I guess I guess Aston Martin could be a, a surprise, especially for Stroll. Maybe the Stroll part, yeah, because this is Alonso's yeah. worst finish. And of the uh, Willem, if you want to disagree with that, fight me. No, <laughs> uh, but we all got we all got top failure of the weekend, uh, which was Williams and Alfa Romeo. Uh, I picked Williams. Izzy picked Williams. Uh, Willem picked Alfa Romeo. You know, I think that's a fair assessment um, because Botas. Uh, just did not look on form this weekend. He's been lacking. He's been lacking pretty badly these past few weeks. I think it's the car, man. It could be the car. You could be right about that. And, you know, I just think, you know, it's he's just not in a, a good car to put him up in the front of the midfield like he was uh, last year. Because last year he was fighting for the front of the midfield. We're going to go ahead and insert the secret word. The secret word is chicane. So now I think we'll 
wrap up with uh, our final points from the race weekend, and then we'll go into some trivia, Josh. Can we do top driver, top flop for the last section of this? Yeah, let's do it. So my top driver is going to be Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Because he did an amazing job. Like, the upgrades were great. He, he was so good. The, dude, <laughs> the, he was so good. <laughs> <laughs> The pit strategy was on point. Like he didn't get flustered. He didn't complain about the tires. He just put his head down and got to work and knew the car could do it. And he just did it. Yeah. And I only, I choose Lewis over Russell just because he finished over Russell. It was going to be one of the Mercedes drivers and I couldn't really pick who. Yeah. He finished like six, six or seven seconds ahead of Russell. So that was, that was definitely a fair assessment for top driver. So my flop is definitely going to be Norris. Oh yeah. So, cause we've already talked about it, but man, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Not, yeah, it really, really was. And then the way he handled it just solidified the reason for flop top flop. It was, it was just overall great weekend, great qualifying, bad race. And I hope he shakes it off next weekend. Yeah, I think he will. I think it'll be, I think it'll be better for uh, Montreal. Um, which is funny because um, we'll go into my top driver and top flop. My top driver of the weekend was um, Lewis Hamilton as well, because um, I'm just glad to see that he was, you know, a lot, a lot in better spirits uh, with the performance of the car. Um, I was really expecting uh, Mercedes to actually take it to the front row. Uh, so when they got, you know, a little bit lower in qualifying, I think it was P4 and P12 in qualifying. I was really hoping to see them take it to the do the front row lockout like they used to. Like we're so used to seeing, you know, I was still glad that Lewis was able to just, you know, like you said, get his head down, put it in there and just basically get shit done. And I was glad to see that he did that and, you know, came home with a podium spot. Number two, so that I believe that's his second uh, second place uh, podium of the year. Uh, his first was in Australia, and I was, you know, like I said, I'm just really glad to see that he's back up on the podium again. And if I remember correct, I think it's his 11th podium at that track. Oh, that's a good stat. I didn't know that. We'll have to um, we'll have to do that when we talk to Sean Kelly uh, in a couple weeks. Sorry, spoiler alert: we have Sean Kelly from Formula One coming on the show. Glad to have him on the show. The top flop that I chose was basically Kevin Magnuson. And the reason why I chose Kevin uh, was because he was looking pretty good in the midfield. Uh, he was taking the fight uh, very in the very beginning, but he sort of just dropped off after, you know, the basically after his first pit stop. And, you know, he just did not seem to recover. Uh, and he just ended up finishing in P18. Uh, you know, Nico finished in P15 with his uh, Haas. And I was just kind of sad that we were uh, not going to be able to see Nico fighting up in the front uh, when he got that top position in Q2. I know it's Q2, but to me, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I was really hoping to see Nico, you know, start taking those positions up in the top part, at least fighting more in the top 10 field. But uh, yeah, so I went with Kevin for my top flop for this weekend. Josh, let's go ahead and get let's get started with trivia. Let's do it. All right, cool. So let's go trivia. You want the first question, right? Now? Um, yeah. Is it, this is all just about the Spain GP, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is a trivia about the Spanish GP. So Max Verstappen set a new new record for Red Bull, surpassing Sebastian Vettel's thirty eight wins for the team. But who's third on the list for the most wins for Red Bull? Daniel Ricciardo or Mark Webber? 
Ooh, that's Mark Webber. Correct. Fernando Alonso, at 41 years old, is the oldest driver to finish on the podium in Monaco since Alan Prost in 93, Graham Hill in 75, Juan Manuel Vangio in 57, or Jack Brabham in 1970. Ooh, I'm going to say Brabham. I'm going to say Brabham in 1970. That is correct. Oh, wow. Nice. All right. The last five Spanish GP pole sitters are... Oh. It's a one for me to guess. Um, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so the last five uh, GP pole sitters of the Spanish Grand Prix is going to be Lewis Hamilton in 2021. Okay. In, 20, in 2022, it was uh, Max Verstappen. No. No? Sergio Perez. No. Who was it? Charles Leclerc. Charles Chuck Leclerc. Yep. Okay. Charles Leclerc. <laughs> okay, so... 2022 was Charles Leclerc. 2021 was Lewis Hamilton. 2020 was, um, I think it was Sergio Perez for, no, Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Um, and then 2019 was Lewis Hamilton. No? No. Okay. Okay. I think you got this one wrong. Uh, okay. 22 was Leclerc. 21 was Hamilton. 20 was Hamilton. 19 was Bottas. And 18 was Hamilton. All right, here's another toughie. The last five Spanish GP winners. Oh, okay. Um, I would probably say... We could do the last three if that would help. Yeah, let's just do the last three. Um, okay. So last three is Verstappen, yep. Verstappen, and uh, Hamilton. Partial, right. So 2022 20, was Verstappen, and then 21 was Hamilton, and 20 was Hamilton. Oh, so it was... Verstappen, Hamilton, Hamilton. Okay. We could do five. Okay. Uh, which driver won the first Barcelona Catalunya hosted Spanish GP in 91? Nigel Ooh. Mansell, Alan Prost, or Art and Senna? Art and Senna. That was, that was Prost. Nope. No? It was Nigel Mansell. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. Schumacher famously finished mm-hmm. second in Spain in 94 despite a first slap collision that put him at the very back of the grid being stuck in fifth gear for much of the race or punctured at the last lap that saw him limp to the finish line or his team not being ready when he came in for a pit stop. What a mm. long question. Shoot, I don't even know that. Oh, yeah, well, that was a weird question. What was, that was a weird. Uh, let's say first lap collision that put him at the very back. And that's wrong. Cool. Uh, being stuck in fifth gear for much of the race. Wow. That's crazy. How did your car even survive? Anyway, which driver celebrated his 2010 victory by victory by throwing his helmet into the crowd? Jensen Bennett, Sebastian Vettel, Mark Weber, or Fernando Alonso? That was Sebastian Vettel because I remember him winning that Grand Prix. Oh, are you sure? No. <laughs> it was Mark Weber. Oh, yeah. See. After cruising to a commanding win from pole position, the Australian gave one fan sitting in the stands something to remember. Yeah. That's crazy. Which team were suspended from running in the 2005 race after being found guilty of running illegal cars at the previous round in San Marino? That was a Ferrari. Ferrari. Uh, There's Bar, Jordan, Sauber, or Toyota. Oh, Oh. okay. So never mind what I said. Um, (laughs) Let's do, uh, let's do, I think it was Toyota. It was B-A-R. B-A-R? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure William Willem would know a little bit more about that because I like, I don't I don't know anything about BAR racing. Who among the current drivers below is yet to win the Spanish GP? <laughs> Max Verstappen, Daniel Ricciardo, Kimi Raikkonen, or Sebastian Vettel? Daniel Ricciardo. Correct. All right, you didn't. Uh, yeah. 
I did terrible. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Well, to put it lightly, that was pretty bad. But thank you guys so much for uh, listening. To those of you that listen to us on a daily basis or not a daily basis, but whenever we do post episodes, thank you guys so much. We appreciate all of your support. I just want to go ahead and remind everyone about the giveaway that we have going on right now. We are giving away a free copy of F1 2023, which comes out on June 16th, a couple weeks to go for that. And then once we get that, we will announce the name of the winner on June 18th or 19th, whichever day the episode comes out. Uh, so be sure to go to our Instagram page, listen and look for that that information regarding that. It should be our top pin post um, because that is our, that's our current running giveaway. There's also some instructions on there on what to do. Uh, the link is in our bio for the secret word that was mentioned in this episode. And if you didn't find it by now, go back and listen to the episode again. But other than that, I just want to say uh, thank you so much, Josh. Any last words before we close out? You know, it was just another dominating race by Red Bull, by uh, Max Verstappen, at least. I'm really glad to see that Mercedes pulled it together to get their upgrades. Ferrari's just falling back and back, and I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it. But I'm looking forward to Canada. It's a really fun track, and uh, thank you guys all for listening. We we really appreciate all the support and love. You know, we have we're still growing by the day, which is good. You know, just want to say thank you so much again. As always, stay kind, stay grateful, and keep moving forward to the next race. And we will see you guys later this week. We'll see, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Apex. Stay turned. Stay turned. Do it for Dale.